Hey everybody, this is Zara, the host of Student Talk, and today I have my guest stars. My name is Justin Vasquez, I'm a senior at Columbus High. Hey, I'm Edgar Diaz, I'm a senior at Columbus High, and welcome for having us. So okay. Justin, you are, I feel like that you're known for like having pride, being Mexican, you speak Spanglish sometimes, and were you always like that, where you would just like, just like openly be proud to like show your culture? During elementary years, I was not as open with that kind of thing. I was trying to assimilate like through my elementary years, trying to get used to, you know, just a variety of like, you know, races. And I got used to it. But when I got to middle school, that's where everything changed. That's where like I got more confidence into like, you know, trying to speak out my Spanish. I think it was my seventh grade year that hey, everything's everything like that's the major change right there. Like I started speaking out more Spanish. I got like I got like more along with the Latinos there. I was like more of like the center point of like our little culture there. Because in this like in my middle school, it was not that much. It was just African American people and there were just a couple Latinos. But I still, you know, talk to them, you know, we still talk in Spanish. I wasn't embarrassed me talking in Spanish. Like it was something that I that I always, you know, it was my first language. So, you know, I got I got used to just speaking Spanish and being around African American people, it wasn't that hard. Sometimes they'd be asking me like, you know, how to say this, how to say that. You know, I kind of felt like, you know, I should kind of part what I what I know to them, you know, trying to make them, you know, know a little bit of my culture. But um, as, as the years went by, as I went to Columbus, that was a new thing. Like, I thought it was going to be, you know, more different. I thought I thought I wasn't going to be able to assimilate because it was more of a white Asian Indian yeah. school. And now there, there wasn't much of a Latinos there. So I was kind of nervous, kind of, you know, how would they accept me because I'm Hispanic, you know. But uh, my freshman year and my sophomore year were the best. Like that's where that's where you know people people kind of like appreciated what, what I did, and they kind of like um, same thing. They asked me how to pronounce it, asked me how to say some stuff, and like I kind of got like I kind of part of what I knew. The same thing as middle school, and it grew from there. And I also met my boy Edgar, who who go to Columbus there, you know, me and him talks, man, even though he doesn't know how to talk, he understands that he knows what I've been through. And I also know what he's been through, through his years. So that's so nice to like hear your journey on being able to show that you have pride in your culture. How did you grow to like, have pride in your cultural background? Okay, so I'm Panameño mixed with Nicaraguan, but I furthermore take pride in my Panameño side because that's what I've always been around. That's always who you accepted me. That's how it is. Uh, and uh, I have a different experience from Justin because Justin had more family around, more Latinos around his like underbringing and like with his elementary and middle school. The moment I was born, I was born in Seattle, Washington. There, there's barely any Latinos there. Right. And then I, I moved to Spain when I was only like two. And then I came back to the States. And when I came back, we moved back to Seattle, went to Florida and then to Georgia. But every time I was moving around, I wasn't near Latinos. Like I was in these areas where it's either predominantly African-American or predominantly white. There, there was just there was no in between. When I was growing up, I had like a speech problem. I literally couldn't learn English or Spanish until I was four years old. They were trying to stick Spanish in me at a young age, 
but it didn't work. They tried speaking in English to me. It didn't work at, at the same time. So they literally had to stop and like slow down for me to, in order to process English. And then I learned English, but I wasn't the best at it either. So I feel like that's a problem I have to this very day. I feel embarrassed to say that I can't speak fluently Spanish because like, I don't know. I think I have something wrong with me that enables me to like learn that well when it comes to languages. But that, that's just context to what I'm going to say for the, the rest of my experience. As I grow up, my dad will always tell me about Panama, always tell me about what he takes pride in, what about the food. I learned how to cook the food. I always went to the beach houses in Panama, always with my grandfamily in Panama at a young age. I, I took immediate pride in it. I love salsa music. I love how the reggaeton that came from Panama. I love the reggae from Colón. It, it was something that sticked with me all my heart. But as I lived in America, I, I just, I couldn't find anyone that was Panamanian. I couldn't really find anyone that was like Costa Rican or Colombian or Mexican because everywhere I went in school was predominantly white or African-American. And I really couldn't like share those same experiences and talk about those same things that I had with other people because there was no one to talk to. But it didn't stop me from assimilating and getting friends and stuff like that. So all my friends were either like Asian, white, or, or African-American. And I was fine with that. But I would usually take pride in my culture because that's what my dad used to tell me all the time. He said, never forget where you come from. Even if you move to somewhere else, that is your heritage, that is your blood. Those are the people who always will support you. So it's like, it's like ingrained in me to support my culture no matter what, even though there is no one to like express it to. Like what Justin was talking about with Columbus High, how he felt fearful of no one will like support or no one will like allow him like to appreciate his own culture. I've been going through that since elementary. Middle school, I went to Arnold completely African American for like one year. I had no one to talk to who was Latino. I moved to Aaron Cohn and I was in the honor classes, completely white and Asian. It was just no one to share those experiences with. And I kind of felt like, you know, a little, little sad because I wanted to talk about those things. But other than that, Latin American heritage is easy to appreciate that stuff because there's so many other people who are Latin American in America, like Justin, I met Justin in Columbus High and thank God I met him because really, Justin, there's not that much people who are Latin American in Columbus High, right? Yes, that is right. <laughs> there's not much, it, including you and me, I can't think of two other people. The only people that I think are my previous seniors who were the twins. They were both um, they were both Mexican. And there was uh, another girl I knew since uh, my church, and she was also Mexican. And that was uh, that was about it. That's all the seniors I knew before. You, they you see what I'm talking about? Like, er everybody's Mexican, right? There, yes. There's no Colombians. There's no Panamanians. Like, I can't really talk mm -hmm. about, like, I remember I went to your your Tia's house, right? And I started talking yes. about culantro. I started talking about patacones and they had no clue what I was talking about. And this is, yes. this is what I mean. They're like, it's so hard to talk about things that are so familial to me because I've been growing up with it so much to talk with other Latin Americans mm -hmm. who come from like different places. But usually it's, it's Mexicans. There's more Mexicans here than ever. And yes. it's so hard to like, to uh, share those like cultural aspects because they don't have that. They, you guys eat a lot more tortilla than us, a lot more beans than us. Yes. I eat a lot of more plantains and like fried fish. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes, that is true. Do you think it's a natural thing for people to assimilate or is it something that you feel that someone's told that they should assimilate? Uh, I just think it's a natural feeling, right? You don't like feeling ousted. 
you don't like、mm-hmm. being bullied, right? You don't like to feel all alone in the world, right? And then assimilating, not, it's not that bad. It's just like adopting certain things that you're just not common with. When I was a kid, the the people who like hip hop a lot, I thought they were cool. So I just started listening to hip hop, and I started talking to them, and they were like, "Wow, you know so much." And we started talking about music when we were like eight years old. It allows you to share those experiences with these people who are nationalized here, because you get to learn a little bit of their culture, and that's technically assimilating because you're learning more about this culture here.、Um, people think of us as, as like we, as you know, Latin Americans, don't think of us as something bad. Some people do because it's hard for them. It depends what kind of communities you're in. If you're like if you're in like a community where they are nice, they're Then, you know they get along with you. Then it's easy to assimilate. You don't have to go through the troubles of like、um, getting bullied, getting discriminated just because、um, you are a different type of race. It's, it's it's much more easier with that kind of community. But if you're in a bad community of like high schools, then it's really hard because like they just they just don't like you. That's it. They don't like you because because you don't know nothing. You can't you can't assimilate. And it takes a long time to assimilate with that kind of people because you gotta. Because you gotta know all these different types of things that you didn't know at the very beginning. And also, assimilation doesn't necessarily losing your heritage. You know what I mean? Like you're、mm-hmm. always gonna be who you are. Like he's always gonna be Mexican. He's always gonna take pride in Mex and Mexican culture. It's you know what I mean? Like you you shouldn't、yeah. suppress your own culture in order to be accepted by others. They should accept you for who you are. But assimilation just means like you learn certain things about this culture in order to bond with those people. Mm. That makes sense. So, like, from even though, like, so the way you guys, it sounds like the way you guys assimilate, you know, you know, to bond and fit in with the community that you're surrounded by. Like, do you think that like causes a bit of cultural identity issues? Not really. It's because it's kind of like our parents. Our parents are the ones who like are always going to be around us, and you know, you can't you can't just forget about your cultural identity. That's just something wrong. And as Edgar said,、um, you know, cultural identity is always going to be what it is. It's our blood. So our ancestors were that. So you can't just you know forget your culture, is because it's always going to be around us. You're going to be having relatives like around us. How do you balance two different cultures? If、um, if I was raised in two different cultures, well, I could say that my the first culture could be like you know going to school because that's you know that's American and home because and home and school. That can be divided, but that can be divided because when you go to school, they basically all they're all talking about are, are like American culture. There's very little Mexican culture, and sometimes you can, you know, you know,、um, you gotta think American. You know, you gotta think what they don't think about Mexican. But when you're at home, the only thing you're thinking is basically, you know, Mexican or Hispanic. You're only thinking about you know the choices you're gonna be doing. For example, for me. At home, I gotta think about you know just kind of foods that I have to make, but I think of like Mexican foods that I have to make at home, and also I gotta talk Spanish, and so you know I, I, that's kind of my balance from you know American and my Mexican culture, because I gotta talk at home in Spanish all the time, and at school I gotta talk English all the time. Like what Justin said, I don't have those two hemispheres, because like. My dad's working in Panama, right? So he's not here in this household, and my mom's a doctor, so usually she's working late at night. So it's just me and my brothers, and like going to school is obviously like I don't think they're ever gonna talk about like、uh, 
<laughs> reggae music or talk about mm-hmm. reggaeton or talk about quinces. I don't think they're ever going to talk about that in school. And then when I come home, I'm talking with my friends and obviously they're not going to talk about the stuff. We're usually talking about like, like hip hop, video games, fishing, like, you know, just, I wouldn't say it's American, but it's just like regular stuff. And my brothers and I never get to like, really like just, just experience that Panamanian household, I guess, because like <laughs> they struggle to speak Spanish and I can't really teach them that well Spanish. And then we're always speaking English at home. I, I cook Panamanian food, but as is most Panamanians going to get. So I feel like that cultural identity really strucks with me because like, I'm not struggling to keep my identity, but it's kind of sad that I can't really like express it as much as I want to with my family because I'm the one who's embarrassingly can't speak Spanish that well. And so I can't really force my brothers to speak Spanish with me in order to reinforce that identity of being Panamanian. And so because of that, it's kind of like, it's kind of sad because I don't get the balance. My culture is really that well. Being in America, I don't know, Justin, if you experienced this, but me being in America, when I go to Panama and I talk to my aunts or uncles, or I talk to them about certain stuff, I low-key get that feeling like they just like feel like I'm I'm the gringo. Like they look at me like I'm the gringo. You know what I mean? Well, I, well, my, um, so a couple of my uncles, they went back to uh, Mexico. And when they came back, they basically, whenever I speak Spanish with them, their Spanish is like, it's different. It, it changed completely because, you know, their Spanish here was kind of more like more modern. But when they go back to Mexico, and come back, their Spanish is more like ranchero Spanish. Like they talk yeah. more, they're more slang. They talk more slang. And I, I get, I get the Spanish, but sometimes I don't get kind of what the phrases mean. And, you know, and when I try to ask them, you know, like they'd be, they'd be telling me, you don't know that? I'm like, they make fun of you that. and you feel kind of alienated in a way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I kind of, I kind of feel like I, I'm supposed to know that because, you know, I'm part of Mexican. And sometimes I'd be asking them what that means. So I can like, I would know like in, in future when I talk to them again, what, 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 what are they saying? You know, it's kind of me knowing a little bit more from, from there, even though I haven't been to Mexico, but I know I get knowledge from my uncles who go back and come back i mean it's even worse when when you struggle to speak the language because like when you try they just like they, they just they just don't like to accept you sometimes they just make they just make fun of you and it's hard because like i'm trying my best and i'm i'm trying to be who i am in the united states and be panamanian but they're just like oh he's some stupid gringo you know he doesn't take pride and i'm like i am like i'm trying my best there's no one really here to talk to. Like, I don't know Panamanian slang that well. Like, the only thing I can understand over there that's like Panamanian slang is like how they say like compa all the time. They'd be like, oh yeah, compa. Like, you know, they always be saying stuff like, like that. And I'd be like, I understand that. But other slang, I, I just wouldn't know. Because like, there's no one to tell me that here. And it, it just kind of feels sad when I try to talk to them and they're just like looking at me different because I can't do that kind of stuff. And it's just like, man, <laughs> you know, I feel kind of sad that you can't do that. You know, we have English and we have to write essays. And oh, how did you guys like develop your writing skills? Music. That was a big key factor of me speaking better, writing better. That, that really helped me a lot. It was music. Uh, at a younger age, uh, I was gifted in like sciences and maths, but like I mean, mathematics. 
but when it came to like writing in English and doing stuff like that, I really struggled. Like I, I really sucked at it. And so I used to go to the library and like rent those CDs and I would rent uh, Eminem, Kid Cudi, Maroon 5, uh, Nirvana. I would rent those CDs and I would just listen over and over. And I would learn new things and I, I would just write out what they said. And it helped me like remember, how do you say like, remember ways how to speak and then like how like I would impersonate them and it, it make me feel more confident in my speaking and I would try more and it, and it just helped me speak English better but when it came to Spanish <laughs> my parents were screaming at me in Spanish so I only remembered if I got in trouble what it meant in Spanish so <laughs> so I, I think I should have tried listening to more Spanish music when I was a kid so I probably would Spanish would stick in my head better well for me it was more um the Spanish side and for uh, because like my English skills were horrible I'm telling you I was uh, I had to do ESOL my first grade year and my second grade year it was horrible it's until I got to third grade that I started reading books that's what helped me a lot through my years I started reading you know a lot of books over and over sometimes I read the same things again I read books the whole time and that's kind of like I kind of like almost also said the same the same thing as you know Edgar did, you know, kind of appreciate impersonate the character from that book, you know, trying to learn how they talk, and sometimes also kind of, you know, spell out the big words that I didn't know. I go, I go on the computer and just type what the word meant, and kind of, you know, just kind of add it to my vocabulary as for English, and I got a little bit better for that over my years in elementary and middle school. I never stopped reading because, you know, it was it was entertaining at the same time, and also I can learn from that, and I can obviously improve my English vocab on that. On the Spanish side, like it was more, how should I say, it was more of speaking wise that I had to like learn. So whenever my parents speak, uh, you know, they spoke, I always hear and, you know, I always kind of remember the word they were saying, you know, and then I would say the same thing back. You kind of, I had to learn the understanding of that word, you know, and as years went by, the more Spanish they spoke, the more I, I kind of learned the uh, Spanish word they were saying. And from that, I can like develop a speech in Spanish. Yo, Justin, did you did you read like science and history books way more than chapter books? Yes, yes, I, I did, did too. I could. I hated reading <laughs> novels. Like I just couldn't. I don't know, Zara. That's like something that has to do with like reading comprehension or English, but that that sucked. When you had to read chapter books, it it just hurt yes. in your mind so much. I yes. I just it was just so much easier to know objective facts and statements and just plot holes from like just like hit like earth's timeline and no and no things about uh about the sky you know about the three states of matter know about biology. Yes. It, it was so much easier to learn science than it was to learn about what is the characters what is the characters uh uh symbolism or whatever what is the motif where is the resolution like man i hate that so much that was <laughs> It was like, you know, as Edgar said, you know, I also did, I like kind of like read a lot of science, a lot of, you know, not much novel, I should say. I read a lot of science. We understood what was going on. We understood the facts. We understood more clearly. But with novels, it was a little bit more difficult to understand what was going on based on what they were saying and like how how the mood goes, how the atmosphere in the book goes. But for like, for a science, for a science book, 
It really didn't matter. Man, I tell you, bro, I was 12th grade reading level when I was reading them science books. <laughs> the, the only novel books that I was able to read was the mystery books or action books. That's the only thing I was able to read as like for novels. That's the only thing. If it was a bro, like I swear, reading Junie B. Jones and stuff like that, man, I was like, let me put this down. <laughs> <laughs> like they were yes. talking, and the moment they start talking, you just like lose all train of thought. I'm like, I have no clue what they're talking about. I'm throwing this book away. It, it just, I don't know. Maybe I just suck at reading chapters. Man, I think. That thing must have affected me now because when it comes to reading comprehension and literature, <laughs> yeah. I'm, hey, I'm, the I'm the same, bro. I'm the same. I, I kind of like it was hard, you know, just trying to comprehend because we don't, we're not from the same culture, bro. Like that book was American culture. We came from a Hispanic culture. You kind of like. I mean, we, I also uh, think it's our personalities too, because like, yeah, I, I get, I lose my attention span so fast, and reading those books is just ain't it for me, man. For me, for literature, I would say this now. It's like my second strongest subject, because of what I've been doing, just reading. But um, yeah, my teachers, you know, they helped a lot with me understanding from the perspective of like the American, and you know, my right now in the English class. I'm understanding the book. I'm understanding what's going on compared to my previous years. I'm understanding what the book is doing, the book is saying. So, like, you know, you guys take Spanish. So, you know, the mm -hmm. way that you're kind of alienated in a way, like when your um, uncles come back from Mexico or like um, Edgar, like you don't know there. the slang. Like, you guys have that struggle in Spanish. Like, in mm -hmm. Spanish class, um like for kids that don't really know spanish do you still carry that kind of like type of like shame of like not knowing spanish well um for me like i you know if i'm in a spanish class and i'm hispanic i gotta know spanish i gotta know it either yeah. i understand it or i gotta know it that's either one or both but for me and also another thing if i'm in the spanish class i gotta be outstanding i gotta like you know know what i'm doing and in the Spanish class, like if if you're Hispanic, the kids are gonna be asking you how you're gonna translate, how you're gonna do this. Like, you that's oh your pride. Oh my god, that's, that's your pride as Hispanic. When when those kids in the middle of the Spanish class just be asking you these dumb questions all the time, that happens yes. to me all the time. And I'm yes. like, yes, I know what it is because like Spanish class is easy. Spanish one, two, three, and four was easy. There was, there was nothing new that I learned in Spanish one, two, three, and four. But like <laughs> when the kids ask you a bunch of dumb questions, like what's crazy in Spanish or what's word in Spanish? And I'm here like, man, why you got to ask me? You have a whole book right next to you. Like yes. they, just, they just feel so entitled just to ask you. I feel like they're just trying to get on your nerves. <laughs> yes, but it's also, but also that's also the pride you have. That's also you being Hispanic, you like, you kind of like the boss. You're the boss of like knowing what's going on. You know what's the teacher saying, and you, and you can do your work much easier. And the Spanish classes, they're not. How should I say? They're not preparing the student. Like if a, if a student wants to use that class to like go to another country and talk in that language, <laughs> it's not gonna no. work. And it's, it's not gonna work. Like I feel like learning a new language, you need lots of speaking. You just need someone 
could sit right in front of you and just talk to you in Spanish and you have to pick up what they're saying and try to say it back. I feel like that's the only way yes. you're going to learn. That is, that is, I also feel the same thing because you have, it's because you're learning from the perspective of that person, from the perspective of his experience from going to an actual, like, you know, Panama, actual going to Panama or actual going to Mexico and learning from there and coming back and he getting that experience and he teaching you the words from what he learned from there. Yeah. But it's and also you know, cognitive can, learning, bro. It's also cognitive yes. learning. Like when you hear someone speak to you, you memorize that sound and it's much easier to, to memorize it and say it right back to him because you know what it is. But when someone yes. is just reading to you, just objective words, just a couple words up on a smart board and you take a quiz on those couple words and then you just never test over those words ever again. How are you going to memorize that? You're not going you to learn it. And then who are you going to talk to with those words? There's no one to talk to. Who, who am, am I going to talk to the teacher about those same words? No, nah, that was three units ago. We don't even need to remember those words. The Spanish classes just don't help. They don't. They don't. They, it's like, it depends on more of the, of the student learning the language if you want to learn more. But the teachers don't encourage that. You know, you, if you're in Spanish class, teachers are supposed to encourage you, you like making you learn the word, but they don't. It's also, it's no, also they encourage thing. the busy work. That's what they encourage. They encourage the busy work. Get that grade and you out. That's all they care. It, it's kind of like wasting time for us as you know Hispanic kids, but it's also easy grade. Like people, you know, people will say that why you're in Spanish class, you speak Spanish, but you know it's it's easy grade. I'm like I'm not, I'm not trying to like be mean or anything, but it's easy grade. Why would I not get the grade for that? Exactly. That's taking up. That's that's also taking advantage of what you have, of mm -hmm. what you are. But like, why did you guys, like besides an easy grade, like why did you guys decide to like take Spanish? Oh no, this episode has been paused as this was such a great episode and needed to be put in two parts. So click on the next podcast episode to listen to the rest. Mm -hmm.